Please uh, kick it off. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> you know, you're always so you always, critical. Well, you always do it. Well, you're always um, so critical, though, so I thought this time. Well, this time. we're coming to you from the brand new Graveyard Smash Studios. Yeah. This is Graveyard Smash. All right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Graveyard Smash. I'm Daniel Dwyer. Joining us is... Sunny Shiver. And as always, Elise O'Dwyer. Hell yeah. So, the movie we're doing today is Friday the 13th, Part 6 Jason Lives. You may notice that you don't hear dogs barking <laughs> uh, in the background right now. And just the general room noise. Yeah. yeah. We've got, uh, yeah, bought some new audio equipment. And we will be giving away the end of this movie mm-hmm. and the rest of the plot, too. So, if you haven't seen it, see it. You know, I highly recommend the movie. All right. So, Friday the 13th, part six. Jason. Deep into the sequels. <laughs> I know, dude. And this movie rules. So we begin with the nice uh, Paramount logo. Really sets the stage. <laughs> going to go really frame by frame on this one. <laughs> I told you not to spurg out. Okay. We've watched this movie so many times in the last well, few months. Okay, so a bit of backstory. So when Rory was born, I had a lot of extra time to like... Like she was just like a little infant, so it was like oh, I got a lot of time to like watch TV and stuff. Because a lot of time babies, just... like when they're teeny tiny babies, they don't do very much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, I haven't really like sat down and never watched the Friday Thirteenth movies back to back. So I was like, I did it, and I got to part six. I was like, wow, that was really good. I really liked it. And then um, in October, all the Friday, like a bunch of the horror movies were on demand on cable, and the Friday Thirteenth movies stayed on demand till now. So a lot of times if I'm just like hanging out with Rory now that she moves around, I don't want to watch something I haven't seen before. So I just put on... This movie is on every other day in her life. <laughs> <laughs> She exaggerates, but not by much. Sonny, how did you feel about it? I know we're going to get into it, but... Well, this was not the movie I thought it was. I thought <laughs> it was, I want to say five, where okay. the crazy lady dances. So Which, which one's but... that? You remember what I'm talking about? I do. I do not. Okay, she's like a teenager, and she's like in her room, and she's dancing like a complete asshole, and it's just amazing. Sure, this isn't a dream you had. No, <laughs> I think I think it's it was Patricia Arquette and the oh no, she's no, in the Nightmare Dream Warriors. Movies. Oh my God, was that Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street? No, it was a it part was three. In any case, whatever. I'm mixing. All that right, up. Sunny. Has had her brain so warped by horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just coming together. They all just run together for her at this point. <laughs> so the movie kicks off. It's a stormy day. 
Um, it's like, a spooky movie cemetery set that we have. Like we come yeah, into. Dude. And it's, um, there's the smoke machines. Oh, I also want to say it is Friday the Thirteenth. It's a new beginning. That was the one I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, with the yeah. okay. So is that which which one is that? Which number? I think it might be. That's it. number five. No, number seven. Yeah, number seven's the one after. Okay. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that one. I'll do all these movies. I have a lot to say about all of them now. So I've seen them so much. So, um, yeah, Spooky Graveyard. I think that's one of the things that kind of separates this movie from a lot of movies at the time even is there's always, like, a lot of stuff going on. And, like, any scene where the lighting coming in from outside is, like, there's always, like, branches kind of moving in the light and stuff. When the door opens, a bunch of leaves blow in. kind of adds, like, a, you know, like character and depth to the... You know, everything gives it kind of more of a gothic feel. Mm. So, um, movie kicks off, and the Tommy Jarvis, uh, who's now an adult, but not the adult from Part Five, who was like crazy in that movie, uh, shows up with uh, Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. So Tommy Jarvis is a little boy played by Corey Feldman in the fourth movie. Correct. And he's back now as an adult. Well, I want to say this while this was made in 1986, it's supposed to be 1990. Yes. So kind of like a Terminator 2 situation. It's the future. Right. <laughs> well, and then it begs the question, too, because part seven, what does that one take place? Because she's a little girl in the beginning and Jace at the bottom of the lake. What little girl? In part seven. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of the uh, Tommy Jarvis trilogy that takes place in the middle of the 12 Friday the 13th movies. It's got a real Fast and Furious vibe of well, it, the move, the, hitting its stride. It just starts immediately. The action yeah. just begins. Yes. Well, this is also like... No buildup. No, there isn't. Yeah, they count on like the history of Tommy Jarvis. Like A lot of the people going to see this movie, I guess, were like, yeah, Tommy Jarvis's story continues. <laughs> well, dude, you know, it is a sequel. That's yeah. what they do. And I'm glad they just jump into it. Because what's funny is I was watching part four the other night. And they do a big recap in the beginning, but it's just a recap of Jason killing a bunch of people. It's like, <laughs> right. let's catch you up to speed. Yeah, no, none of, I, I recall this recap very vividly because <laughs> it's these kids who wouldn't know by any means what had happened in the previous three movies. And it's like, it's Jason's greatest hits. <laughs> it's like, there's, yeah, there's just a bunch of murders at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it, um, but this one, so they dig up, J- J- Tommy's plan is to dig up Jason, make sure he's dead. So he does that. And it's, we get a great shot of like Jason all covered in maggots and cobwebs. Maggots are so gross. And then that throws him into a fit of passion. He decides to like she hulk a part of the fence yeah. out and gore him. And he and Jason gets Frankensteined. Yeah. Gets hit by lightning. His friend is like, he must have really messed you over, which is a real weird <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. Um and then Yeah, he gets Frankenstein the transitive powers of an electric shock in film. Yeah. It's really interesting. Right. They, it's like in a trauma movie when so, they would break a tube TV over someone's head and when they plugged it in, the person's body would explode. Yeah. Like, that's a great example, too. But um, And this is also the first movie we have zombie Jason. Mm. So up until um, part four, you know, Jason would behaved, well, not in the first movie, of course, but in parts two, three, and four, J- and five, I guess, too, though it wasn't Jason. Jason was more like... Um, Kind of like Michael Myers, where if he got shot, he'd fall down. 
you know, but after this, he's pretty much impervious to harm. Yeah. Just a slow-moving killing machine. Damn right. Out. And we also get, like, kind of a yeah, preview, like, kind of setting the stakes. Like, he punches through Horshack's chest and rips his heart out. That he doesn't amazing. really punch through him. He just kind of forces his hand through his body and then holds this kid's heart like, like he was offering someone an apple. <laughs> <laughs> like... For punching someone's heart through his body, it's not a very violent act. He just kind of, like, just, you know, pushes his hand through. So I guess the, I guess what we're to assume then is that Jason's strength is so super. He doesn't have to give much. No, there's no, like, like he, it defies the laws of physics. Yeah, it's like Riccio shit. Yeah. And then we get that great uh, sort of James Bond shot where it zooms in on the eye, and then Jason's in there with the machete and he slashes it. Kind of sets up what this movie is, too, which is like really up until I think like the the first four movies, especially of the Jason movies, they're Jason movies. And then after that, all of them are kind of ripping. Parodies of themselves. Not parodies, but just like... uh, This movie's very um, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, no, it's very tongue-in-cheek. Kind of, it's a little deconstructionist, but sort of playing around with the idea of what it means to be in a Jason movie. And, um, what? Expand on that. Well, basically, like, you know, it's like you get, like, Jason as, like, James Bond. So it's like acknowledging Jason as a figure in pop culture. Okay. And kind of riffing on that. This movie is, like, playing around, it's adding a bit of humor to sort of the Friday the 13th universe. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, movies after this, like, part seven, it's like Jason with a psychic in the movie. Or, like, part eight is Jason in Manhattan. Part nine, Jason goes to hell. You no, know? I love Jason in Manhattan. Yeah. That's yeah, a great so one. That's one of the best ones, for sure. And Or, like, Jason 10 is Jason in space. It's, like, after, <laughs> you know, the really first good. four movies, it's really... <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that Jason and the leprechaun went to space. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to space. Yeah. Well, it was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Jason uh, X, I think, came out in the year 2000. It did, but it was shot in the late 90s. Oh, okay. So I'm going to talk about when we do that episode. Yeah. So basically, Tommy Jarvis, then once his friend is butchered, <laughs> tries to set him on fire. Yes. But it does not work because it's it's raining, so the matches all get wet. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, hmm, okay. But <laughs> What was Tommy's plan? Well, his plan was to, I think... To, to look at the dead Jason? To, to, I think, burn leave. a dead body. Okay. I think was his plan. But then Jason comes back to life, which no one was expecting. And right. how could you? Right. How could you? You couldn't. So then Tommy runs to the police department. Yes. Where there is a hyper-aggressive police force yeah, waiting yeah. for him. I like, too, that the, he's got uh, medals from his military service on the wall by him. Like, yeah. Uh, and you find out, too, that the town's... He, like, he bursts into the police station and then is almost shot and then attempts to steal a rifle. It's Bedlam <laughs> right out of the gate. They keep calling him Junior, but he looks like he's roughly 28 years old. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what, like, 40-something-year-old men would be address- like be addressing someone who are like who's, like... Maybe 15 years younger than Miss <laughs> Junior. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's also the guy, uh, the guy who plays Tommy Jarvis, Tom Masterson, I think. But he, um, he's from uh, I think it's Thumb. Thumb. T H O M. Thumb Masterson. He's from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Everyone who talks to him just sounds like they have a lisp. <laughs> it's from Return of the Living Dead. Yes. The beginning of that movie. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys who gets turned into a zombie. 
I don't know why you're telling me this. I know this. Yeah, well, for <laughs> listeners and like avid listeners of you're our show. You're looking at me like you're explaining it to me. Stop yeah. mansplaining me about uh, stop <laughs> actors, Dan. Stop at least explaining me <laughs> what I'm doing. Okay. We find out the town's name has been changed to Forest Green because they want to like kind of bury... Camp you know, Blood. Camp yeah. Blood. The most clever name. <laughs> well, you know, it makes sense. I mean, that is pretty accurate to how teenagers are, though. Like, it's usually not something clever. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, his name's Ray. We'll say he's gay. <laughs> like, like, that's like, you know... The, the level of uh, sophistication. <laughs> oh, so basically he begs them to go to the graveyard to see that he is not in his casket anymore. But the drunk... Um, guy at the graveyard decides to bury him before they get there mm-hmm. well not bury him but bury the guy who was missing his heart <laughs> yeah that drunk graveyard well, worker sure was drunk <laughs> well and then before that too we get the couple that's out on the road yeah and, oh um, yeah in the vw yeah and he's like i've seen enough horror movies you know like a guy in a mask bad news yeah she the girl was the one who surmised that i have to say they they handled the whole situation very calmly. Yeah. Like, they were definitely, like, kept their head about them, even though they died. They but, ended up dying. Yeah. Yeah. They remained calm until almost the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy who keeps a gun in his glove box. <laughs> and then right there in that scene, too, there's, um, she tries to offer Jason money at her Amex card. Yeah. And they, the director said he specifically did it, like, where you see a shot of it, the, the Amex card floating. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he said he did that because he, like, knew the audience. And he's like, well, this is going to be like a theater packed full of teenagers. And someone's going to say, American Express, don't leave home without it. And he said, in- invariably, when you go to a screening of the movie, someone would say it and they'd get like a big laugh mm-hmm. line. I just thought that was kind of cool and like, yeah. you know, kind of what separates this movie from like the pack six movies in, you know? <laughs> and uh, so the, the drunken. Uh, yeah, remember when you said that then during the movie? We want you didn't really say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said on our wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) When you took out the American Express card. Yeah. Because we were... Swipe the magnetic stick on my butt crack. (laughs) We also get the the sort of metatextual... At the graveyard, we get the metatextual uh, sort of joke there, too, where the, um, the gravedigger looks right at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, and says, Some folks have a strange idea entertainment. Kind of making fun of the movies. Then we go back to the camp, and the kids arrive, and they are kids. This and is the concerts. only Friday the 13th where there are children. Yeah, which kind of sets the stakes for, like... Uh, like the Friday the 13th video game, there's kids in that too. Yeah. But otherwise, there's usually not. And I guess that's part of the reason they shot it in Georgia, because there were less unions, so they could, like, shoot at night with kids. Oh my god. <laughs> and then uh, there's the paintball scene. So, what I was going to say, I realized, we. I was like, well, I don't need to pay that much attention to this movie when we watched it, like, last week. Because I'm like, we've seen it so many times. I'm pretty sure like this, the paintball scene is like among the only scenes I've actually paid attention to in this movie, like prior to this viewing. And I kept thinking like, oh yeah, the, the paintball scene, of course, these people are 
probably really important in the movie because like I'd seen I guess that same scene so many times but it turns out they're just it's there to be like murdered. It's all three minutes. Is yeah. It, yeah, like they're literally just red shirts who show up for Jason to dispatch. And, and like we get a bit of um, sort of, it's like a corporate thing like um, and we get a bit of like sort of poking at like um, sort of workplace sexism because it's like the woman's really good at the game. Yeah. And they're she, all really mad about it. Yeah, and there's this one like men's rights dude who's like really pissed off. And he's oh, got yeah. a machete and stuff. Which is oh yeah, Jason picks up, up the, the machete. Yeah, yeah, Jason slams his head into the tree and went into like a smiley face that had been carved there oh, and it's yeah. covered in that blood. Nice. I really like. Good. I always like in these like Halloween and like Friday the Thirteenth sequels when the the hero or villain, whichever whichever your perspective suits, um, has to pick up his weapon of choice at some point. So it's like, yeah, this guy in the woods, he just has a machete. A corporate outing. Yeah. Just happen to have it on him. Well, I've met people like that. Like, they're going camping and they're like, I gotta get my machete and all this shit. And it's like... Didn't you put a machete by our bed for yeah, a time dude, as home we, protection? We have a machete by our bed That's for home protection. That's much better than my baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta up my game. Um, we get a triple decapitation, too, some of these paintballers. It's nice. And we get a nerdy guy, and he tries shooting his paintball at Jason. And he reacts the same if Jason would react as if he got shot by a real bullet. He just kind of looks at it. He actually seems more, you know, kind of taken aback by this paintball, I think. He checks out the paintball? Yeah, he's like, what the well, hell is this? red <laughs> Then uh, they go to put Tommy Jarvis out of town, and Tommy tries to give him the slip, and they end up in a cemetery. Oh, can I just say that the yeah. was the part with the um, the gun with the laser? Yeah, oh, that's uh, right the here. Gun, Which yeah, I'm like, the cop what? has a laser... He has a laser sight on the pistol, but it's like gigantic. Yeah. It's just a glimpse into the future. Yeah. <laughs> Militarization <laughs> of police. Um, yeah, I guess laser sights were kind of new at the time. And yeah. it's like definitely a, a dick move that's, a cop would do. <laughs> that's um, when one of the camp counselors tells the kids also about how rocks were are Indian markers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's trying to, like, entertain the kid. There's also the line in there where the kid says, does he think I'm a fart head? Good. <laughs> Classic, dude. And then there's uh, a scene that was actually added after the movie was done. Because I guess they, the director wanted to have exactly 13 kills. Oh, the two people in the woods. Yeah. So and, did those two just get engaged? Yeah, they were just they were got engaged. Yeah, they're like, the yup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just got engaged. Let's go back in the forest. First of all. I don't. What did you do when you got engaged? <laughs> I did not fuck into forest. That's for sure. I got like, hammered. The assumption that a couple would get engaged in the middle of the woods in the dark on a blanket is bizarre. But then that they're gonna get busy inside dark forest, where, where like a drunken like graveyard digger might happen upon them. Yeah, and he gets and killed too. Watch. Yeah. So they added all those kills because, like, ah, oh, you could add some more dead people. So, like, what do, what do people do when they when they're hang, like, what, what what are you going to find in the woods? Like, not some weird vagrants. No, like, people getting engaged in the dark. Have you been to the woods before? There's like yeah. people getting engaged everywhere. It's <laughs> not true. There is too. And then they're like, "Guess we'll fuck on this blanket." <laughs> they're like, "Oh, okay." 
I, I and get covered in ticks. Like, ugh. <laughs> no, dude, there's no ticks in that forest. Fake news. There for sure are. Fake news. Fake news. Uh, we get a shot of the kids. The one kid's reading the book by John Paul Sutcher, No Exit. Mm-hmm. Kind of a funny little... Or not, jeez. I don't know. I'm a critic. <laughs> well, I also want to say that these kids are only there for the weekend. Yeah. But someone brought their hamster. <laughs> <laughs> strange children. And strange parents who don't seem to remember that this is like a place of oh, a lot yeah, of unrest and violence. Kids have been yeah. murdered. Well, they could presumably. Repeatedly. Well, they renamed it. They're so presumably yeah. from like. You Out know, of town. Yeah, from New York or something. This is Jersey, you know? And then. Um, we get the the scene the of the strangest sex scene. <laughs> this is the other scene I kept seeing in this movie every time it was on. I would see the paintball scene and these people fucking in this RV. Yeah, courts and, having oh, sex. Oh, to the music. Yes. Yeah, yeah. she the wants to finish the song. Teenage and she's like, Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. oh no, you finished. She's like, oh, that wasn't the end of the song. Yeah, yeah. And then like, they listen to Teenage nice. Frankenstein by Alice Cooper, and. Um, yeah, I guess... Um, I want to talk about the dance fucking some more. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. So... <laughs> it, it's like they were both on different rhythms, too. Yeah, You noticed? Yeah. She was, she was like... <laughs> couldn't have been at all pleasurable for her. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> she's doing a full-on dance routine on his pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to finish the song. Like, she has, like, some insane... Like orgasm control, I guess. <laughs> where the moment the song ends, which you'd think you'd want to go with the the climax of the song. I don't know if you're gonna go by the beat of the music, but she wants to make. Maybe she just really likes the song. And but wants what if to it was finish Ms. her dance routine? Mm. But what if it was Mr. Crowley where there's two face melting guitar solos? <laughs> which one do you choose? I don't know, but this is. I mean, the the cho- the choice to have like a routine. <laughs> <laughs> on top of this guy is interesting the song was not very good no <laughs> yeah and it was a re- well, it really it really made me uncomfortable i didn't like watching it i it was about the 10th time i've seen that scene i didn't want to sit through it again i don't like it <laughs> it bothers me every yeah, she, time. You, it bothers you because she's a townie no, that is not <laughs> what bothers me about it at all is she a townie yeah clearly duh Oh, okay. She wants to fuck to a song. Like eight minutes in song. an RV. <laughs> he says, "Okay, so yeah, okay." So then, Jason, um, the 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 campers are rocking, and Jason comes a knocking <laughs> and trips over the plug. <laughs> yeah, he unplugs their shit, dude, and um, so ruins their their song fucking. Yeah, yeah. So they drive away. That's like, okay. He was not going to be able to go again anyway. <laughs> yeah, and. uh yeah, Nikki's like flopping around all over the place as they drive away. He it's, says it's her it's her stepmom's RV, which is interesting. He he says this is great about driving the RV <laughs> roughly fifty times. <laughs> it's he a had vehicle more fun dude. Driving the yeah, RV than, than he, he was having the sex. And, but then he says, <laughs> he was like, oh, I just got to get this over with so I can drive that RV. <laughs> it's my dream. Yeah. He says, hey, Nikki, what are you doing back there? Taking a dump? He this is after he's offered to join her several times. <laughs> Then he asks if she's taking a dog. Well, because what else would she be doing to turn him down? Logically. I mean... She's a Tony. He said she thought... He, no, he thought he, she was having a good time. She was making, like, 
a lot of screaming noises. And then he asked if she was taking a dump. This guy is so fucking stupid. Well, He's, I mean, he uh, was the one talking about the rocks. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Indian markers. He's John Travolta's nephew. <laughs> is he really? really? Yes, in real life. You can see it. Yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. actually. Well, uh, then comes the I w- best scene I wonder if he ever. has, like, a weird dyed toupee situation <laughs> happening on his forehead now. Sorry, what's the best scene ever? Well, as she's <laughs> not taking a dump, but her face is getting pressed through oh, the yeah, metal of the good. RV. Well, he smashes like it through the mirror into the metal of the RV and pushes it out. It was just it out. beautiful. Yeah. We yeah. get a perfect mold of her head. The only yeah. thing that would have made it better was like her, her mouth went, I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> And then the camper flips over. Which made up for the not being the wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> that RV crash. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, Tommy calls up the, he calls up the police station and Megan's balancing on the chair, you know, and she falls over when he calls and he's outside of Karloff's general store as in Boris Karloff, oh, yeah. the Frankenstein, you know, ties the scene in the beginning of the movie, you know? Yes. What are you talking about? The, the electrician. Jason getting brought back to life. By electrocution. Oh, Frankenstein. And the fucking song. <laughs> Let's go back to that, too. Yeah, Teenage Frankenstein. And then uh, you see a shot of Jason walking by the sign of the camp that says, like, shit like sportsmanship and courage and togetherness and yeah, like, all that wholesome shit. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. You have um, Sissy, who has, um, she's, you know, sitting there and she hears Jason and she goes outside. She loses her slippers. And then she gets her head twisted off. Yeah. Because she thought it was a joke. She thought it was the guy, the yeah, RV she, driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck with them, so. <laughs> she poured a pop on Jason's head, which probably made him mad. Yeah. yeah. I, nice. fuck, his hair would be all sticky. I would think that, given, skilled. yeah, given exactly the, like, condition of Jason's skin, that the carbonation would be really unpleasant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he'd be all sticky. Yeah. I hate being all sticky. Yeah. It's bad Sucks. news. I just want to say that she was wearing suspenders with her pajamas Can yeah I that is point that out that is in my list it is of under wardrobe her, to discuss under her shirt yes. but she's wearing suspenders to hold her sweatpants up yes she Amazing. sure is and uh megan meets up with tommy and she like he's like okay you just gotta get me let me borrow your car and you just stay here where it's safe she's like no mm-hmm. that's where i'm like i was kind of like checking out of this movie but that's where uh what's the girl's name megan yeah I was kind of like, okay, now I'm invested again. Because her character was compelling for me, you know? Because we think, like, it's all going to be about kind of Tommy's actions in the movie. And really, she's kind of the not. real badass. Yeah, there. she is a badass. She saves the yeah. day at the end, yeah. too, you know? Not yeah. To the, and it's like, I thought that was good, too. Like, you compare it to even, like, Demolition Man's 10 years later than this, and the first Sin City is, like, 2006 or so. So, like, 20 or 30 years later, almost. Uh, no, 30 years later, exactly. But, like, you know, there's, like, men knocking women out so they can't go fight people. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, I thought it was pretty good. How she yeah, just so she's, kinda... like, a getaway car and she's getting roadhead. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this great scene because she shoves his face in her crotch. And you just there's... get this, like, like perspective shot of above her, like an aerial view of her crotch. It must have been really comfortable for them to film that part. <laughs> 
<laughs> how We're many hours need to look do you at think he had his face? <laughs> right. I'm like, that, you know, that is a shot in, no matter what genre of film, I've never seen just like an aerial shot of a woman's crotch, like as she's driving the yeah, car. Yeah, the POV shot. Like running yeah. away from the cops. Yeah. yeah cause and were... like, I like getting like a quick shot of like his face, like, whoa, I just got shoved in this woman's crotch. And then she's made some comment about it's going to get hairy, and then they show her crotch. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) Well, it was the 80s. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And we hear Hard Rock Summer by Alice Cooper. I'm a sucker for a long time, don't want to tattoo on my chest. It's hot to lie, my mouth is dry. You know that I've been screaming Hard Rock Summer! This is a big Alice Cooper movie. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And the, when the cops pull him over, he's, like, uh, pulling his head up out of her crotch. It's pretty funny. And her own dad pulls the gun on her. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the guy who was reporting her vehicle getting away, he described it as orange, when very clearly it's a red car. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. How did she not get away? Well, there was, there was a whole <laughs> subplot about that guy being colorblind. He's colorblind. Oh, was there? Oh, really? No. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. And he also made up the license plate, because the license plate wouldn't be on the front in right. that car. Right. I ended the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, if you want to go trivia, <laughs> I listened to the director's commentary yesterday. <laughs> I did not go that far. Oh, I did. Um, so the little girl Nancy brings the bloody machete to the counselors, and just to the one counselor who's like left, and the, she survived she- only because she went to bed. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, there's a point here where Jason is in the cabin. Like, he has a chance to kill this, like, little girl. And then these, like, car doors close and he hears cars coming up. And I'm, like, kind of curious here is, like, what is the director's intent here? Like, did Jason make a choice? Because Jason doesn't usually well, he care also, about backup. He heard the noise and left. But he usually doesn't care about that. But there also, was, the there's little usually girl, never kids in the movie. The yeah. Little, the little, yeah, that's it's actually... Right, so that's why I'm like wondering... She also starts praying, too. Well, I know that, like... And she hears the car door, and he... Logically, like, the director wasn't like, okay, in this Jason movie, we're going to cross lines. Jason's going <laughs> to murder child. children. Yeah. Like, I get that. But, okay, but... Well, do you think it was her prayer that stopped him, or the th- backup that stopped him? I think him? like some of it the was. Yeah. Well, it's that I think Jason was looking at her more as a curiosity because, like, he was a kid when he, you know, when he drowned. When he drowned, supposedly, and I think it was more of like he was curious more than you know necessary, like malicious. I was just curious about that. Although, okay, so he doesn't kill the children, right? And I don't. He does kill like a couple counselors, and all well, basically I all got, the counselors except no, for Megan. Yeah, I got right. a little confused. I was like, oh, "Okay, like, so they just established that like Jason didn't kill these children. You're supposed to be worried that he's going to, oh, knowing yeah. that like this movie's not going to cross the line, you know." Mm-mm. But like, then the next scene, I, I guess I just got a little confused. And the police walk into the cabin, and there's like blood everywhere. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, <laughs> did he just slaughter all those kids? And I was like, "Oh, it's a camp counselor." Yeah. Was like, I'm like, "That's a lot of blood for one person." Yeah, right. So it's well, like that, well, that again, the message was... like you know, teenagers are totally disposable, but like you can't show like you know well, children the, being. Murdered, it was the you know? it was the one counselor, uh, the one counselor that Nancy brought that machete to that. Um, 
Jason Gitzer and he does the great kill where you see the blood splatter the window. Yeah. You, you think it's just like, and that's pretty cool. I, it's a good trope. I like it. But then you see the body fly through. Yeah. And he grabs the body and pulls it back in. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just fucking blood everywhere, which I kind of prefer to just ripping off the um, tableau of bodies from earlier in the movie, you know, which they usually do. Yeah. Which is just the ripoff of Halloween. Yeah. I think it's a nice change of pace. Just a blood-soaked cabin. Better than just yeah. seeing, like, oh, oh, there's court. Well, it's gruesome in its own right. kind of different and way. And it's also, the other one's just been done, like, a million fucking times. Yeah. Well, I think that was the point with, like, Halloween. It was, like, less blood, and then with Friday the 13th, all blood. Right, yeah. Basically as much more yeah. as possible, yeah. where the other one was more, like, not seeing it, but making it more scary. Right, where this was it. more about, like, showing, mm-hmm. like, the big shock, you know, like, the first Friday the 13th for the time was pretty gruesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, the, well, that, the spear going through uh, the Bacon's neck, neck. Or the like, girl who gets the axe in her face. Yeah. You know? Like, it was, like, it, it was, well, like... Well, the full decapitation, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where he's... Yeah. Sunday actually, school like, like, this movie, like, the gore's pretty tame, actually. Yeah. It, and the nudity. Especially... There's actually... No yeah, nudity. There's no, no nudity. nudity in this one. The director said it was because he didn't like... That sex, it was like seen as like moralizing. Yeah, he's like, I don't want it to be like, oh, kids have sex and so they get murdered. So he's like, I, he stood, he, he didn't want to do that. Mm. And he said the one sex scene then is just kind of a joke. Yeah, you know the dancing sex scene where they're both fully clothed. Also. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, she didn't have nudity in her contract, and they're like, well, ask her to take her tits out. He's like, okay, <laughs> you know. But she's like, no. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the pinnacle of but, the movie. But um, by this point in the 80s, too, with horror movies, uh, especially the Friday the 13th movies, were being targeted by the IPAA. Yeah. So, like, this movie is pretty tame by comparison, and they still made him, like, cut stuff out. Yeah. So. Because Tipper Gore was like, <laughs> I am horror. I guess that wasn't Tipper Gore's thing. It was yeah. just the music, but... But I'll point, still blame her. Yeah, yeah. fuck her, dude. Yeah. The cops show up when cops gets a knife to his head, and then uh, it cuts to a dartboard on the door that opens. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason gets shot a bunch of times. Yeah, Megan goes to get her dad's radio to like call for more help. It says his head falls out of the car. Oh, can we talk about when she busts Tommy Jarvis out of jail? Oh, yeah. We've got completely skipped that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the sucking face. Yeah. 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 This is very sexy. <laughs> little prison break. Yeah. <laughs> um, she... Well, yeah. Because there's like a... Because in um, they're like, hey, there's been a bunch of murders, so they catch Tommy again, you know, yeah. with, in that car chase. <laughs> He has, like, the most dim-witted partner he's left at the police station with their, like... Yeah, the guy with the red dot in his gun. Yeah. Yep. With their, like, one jail cell that they have Tommy Jarvis in. And, like, this Meg, she's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. She's she plans like, everything. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to make out with this guy. I don't know him. 
I think he's hot. That's all I care about. And she's like, I'm going to bust him out of prison. Then what does she do? She pulls a gun on this cop. Yeah, dude. His own gun. Well, yeah. The, His own the, fancy gun. The whole yeah. plan was completely hers, too. And like, because, well, first of all, she sticks up for him because she's, her dad's like, hey, he killed all these people. She's like, no, he was with me when that murder happened. It couldn't have happened. And her dad, I think, kind of suspects, like, oh, maybe I'm wrong, but lock him up anyway. Yeah. But the plan, like, she wrote it down, like, she pretended she was, like, drawing something, and she showed him, like, her plan yeah. written out. So it was all, and he nodded no. He was like, no, let's not try it. But then she went for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and again, once again, yeah, he tries to, like, protect her and stuff. But she's like, no. Yeah, and then her back at the camp, her father gets folded in half, and she is now an orphan. Because <laughs> her mom's dead, too. I know. That was pretty gruesome. Yeah, that that was... Yeah, we'll get to that It kind of, like, bummed me out, because, like, I kind of thought there'd be some resolution between Meg and her dad, but he was just murdered. Mm-hmm. Well, he In did. a really gruesome way. Yeah. yeah. Well, she, he wanted to protect the kids, really, and he, yeah. like, because he was out of ammo at that point, because he unloaded on Jason, so he just, like, attacked Jason with his bare hands. Yeah. It did pretty well. He... Ta- he tackled Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he actually, like, it was interesting to watch as, like, a fight scene because usually people, like, they, they shoot at Jason. They use different weapons. They, they yeah, really they don't slow him distant. down. Yeah. yeah, and they stay distant. I've never seen someone tackle Jason, and he, like, Did he full- remind you of uh, Donald Sutherland? Yes. Okay. I thought he like looked a like- skinnier, like, smaller. Yeah. I thought yeah. he looked like John Carpenter. Oh, oh yeah, so. a little oh, bit. Yeah. yeah, like if Donald Sutherland and John Carpenter had a baby, <laughs> <laughs> right. that'd be so. one cool ass baby. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what the next week's podcast. Is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Mega goes with the kids, and Jason goes. She like, really doesn't watch them all that much, though. She kind of yeah. stays away. There's also a point yeah. where I just wrote down, Megan, shut up, because like Tommy's like Jason. No, I'm the one you want. And so Jason's after him, and Megan's like, oh, Tommy. And it, it's like, she has it bad for him. Yeah, yeah like, dude. within a very short time frame. <laughs> and she's pretty good looking. Like, she probably, like, kind of has her pick, for the most part, in this, like, podunk town, you know? Mm-hmm. But she sees him, and she's like, he's cute. What'd you say that he's crazy? Ooh, I'm into it. Like, <laughs> yes, right please. off the bat. <laughs> he's love a bad boy. That's why yeah. the hamburger's so popular. <laughs> Um, so Tommy's plan is to like anchor Jason at the bottom of the lake. A very shallow lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like maybe that. ten feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more than that. Jason's like six feet tall and you got a few feet of chain. Well, the part with Megan where she's like basically half in the boat and he's still able to grab her and pull her in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason starts pull- pulls Tommy down. Oh, wait, there was a ring of fire on the lake. Yes. Which was fancy. Yeah, fancy Tommy, yeah, he lit the lake on fire to get Jason up. And then uh, Jason pulls Tommy down and knocks him unconscious. So then Megan dives in to save the day. Mm-hmm. And she propellers Jason right in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which made me worry that it's he was going to become decapitated. Yeah. Uh, fun fact from, like, the trivia and stuff. Um <laughs> I didn't do it that much. Um, they shot some like some of the stuff in um, the director's parents' pool, and they just completely fucked up the filter. Oh, really? With all those Jason face parts and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked somewhere around here, too, there was a scene where the kids were waiting to basically be murdered, and there's two little boys, oh, and one I turns to the other, he's like... 
He says, so what were you going to be when you grew up? Which is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny line. Um, Tommy's not dead. They do some rescue breathing CPR, bring him up. And is Jason dead? We don't know. Yeah. Jason, well, he's doing the thing that we all used to do in front of lifeguards at the public pool, which is to kind of float with your hands loose and (laughs) hold your breath. Like, it was really funny. So it, like the hope was that some lifeguard was going to get in the water to save you as you were pretending You're to like, drown. Ah. Yeah, I don't know why that was the funniest thing in the world when you were a kid <laughs> to pretend to be drowning. One time, um, we went to Mexico with uh, it was Katie Zagorski and Shelly, and we were making fun of this kid. We kept calling him Mama's boy, like he was maybe my age or a year older. And at the time, I was probably like. I think 14 years old and and he was like we saw him at the airport he like had his arm around his mom and kept like kissing her like on the cheek and we're like oh my god that's so weird and like we went to this resort so we like kept seeing him and calling him his boy so then we're in the pool and we were having like breath holding content and Shelly was like Okay, I'll time you. Go one more time. So I did, but her and Katie left me there. <laughs> and then I guess Mama's boy was making fun of me. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. He still holds a grudge to this day. Yes, because like, like I was like floating, like I had drowned, holding my breath, and like when I got up, they were gone. <laughs> And they like swam these like people like mama's boy and his friend like swam up next to me and we're like laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt so vulnerable and sad. So did Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> so that's Friday thirteenth, part six. Yeah. So in terms of like kind of its mm. place, like in terms of the time, like as the eighties went down, horror movies got a bit more um Bring more comedic elements like Reanimator was 85. I had to kill him! What? He's dead? Not anymore. Turtle Lady Dead was 85. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was 85 or 86. <laughs> you know, so. Well, you would kind of, ha- I guess it's like, well, and it always was this thing like it was a joke, like, oh, the crazy killer part. 52 you know like but like i guess you know well now we're seeing that again in horror like thousands of sequels because horror is a little more bankable than it was for you know throughout the 90s so yeah it's kind of like a little renaissance so yeah in terms of the world too this is um i mean it's the sixth jason movie this is reagan's second term as far as movies that influence, well, obviously there's um, five, se- like four sequels after mm-hmm. this one. Actually, more than that. There's like six more. But what do this- you think might have had a direct influence on this movie? Well, on this movie, other than the um, ones before, I mean, clearly the director was influenced by like sort of more gothic horror. Like you get that's where you get all the shaking trees, the leaves blowing, cobwebs, baggots. That kind of thing. Lightning and fake mm-hmm. thunder. Yeah. You know, a lot but more it's like, cemeteries. I mean, it's a, more of a meta film than, you know, 
other horror sequels. Right. And even uh, in terms of like the comedic sort of sequels or sort of moving in uh, like Return of the Living Dead or um, Reanimator or something that have a bit more comedic elements to them. I think this one's like slightly more deconstructionist. Um, and as far as like influences this movie had, I know um, like the director, um, it was an influence on Scream. Like Kevin Williamson really liked this yeah. movie. And like, so like this movie doesn't take it as far as like Scream or like Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but it's definitely like kind of plague with the tropes of the genre. Yeah. And kind of shading, you know. Yeah. It seems, yeah. like, seems like it just had like a smart and sort of more industrious director than most of these movies usually do, you know? Because some yeah. of the, char- the characters were less silly than in previous ones as yeah. well. They were also more likable yeah, yeah, than definitely. a lot of the movies. Yeah, and I didn't want to see those girl camp counselors get murdered. No, they were cool. Yeah. Like a lot of the Jason movies, you're kind of rooting for Jason to like That's kill usually all these the annoying case. people. Yeah. I didn't feel that way in this movie. Like the punk rockers in the, in, was it third or fourth? The third one. Yeah. Third yeah. One. It's just like, all those characters are just like, oh, just die already. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. The fat, funny guy. Yeah. It's oh, like, gosh. oh, God. Shelly, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, it is right? Shelly, yeah. yeah. And, or like, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, they were all more like, even the kids were pretty likable. Yeah. And, and like, um, it's funny too, because like in parts five and seven, and like, because I was reading about like all the sequels, it's like they specifically like a lot of cocaine on the set. It's like mm-hmm. those are two of the worst ones. Really? Yeah. And that makes sense for the dancing then. <laughs> it's a lot of sense. <laughs> all right. So you want to get into our segments? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Hottest titties. Um, there were none. There were no titties. Oh, there's no naked titties, but I thought Megan was pretty hot. So is Sissy, the black chick. I'll give it to Megan. No, I'll give it to Sissy. I'll give it to the RV girl. She showed the most. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's credit. fair. She yeah. didn't have nudity in her contract either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best hair. Sissy. Sissy. Mm, she did Teased have good hair. feathered. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, I liked the dumb camp counselor guy with his AC Slater blow-dried back hair. Yeah, yeah dude. That was, that was what um, I wrote down. Yeah. yeah. Court, yeah. Um, I thought Megan had good hair. It even had a 90s hair feel, which is appropriate. Because mm-hmm. it, it was like that 90- feathered yeah, bang. Yeah, the like kind of thick bob. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? But she had nice hair. Like um, overall. Best outfit? Sissy with her um, yeah, suspender sp- pajamas. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Suspenders with uh, sweatpants. Yeah. And fuzzy slippers and a sports And shirt. a half shirt jersey. Mm-hmm. And the sweats were like rolled. Su- suspenders under your like half shirt is like the coolest look. It was pretty amazing. I, was <laughs> I kind like want to like, oh, steal that. I like, want to try that. I'm like, so that's how it doesn't look weird over your boobs. Yeah. Because it's under your shirt. And you can't see it. I kind of want to rock that now. Yeah. We'll have to bring it back. Yeah. Let's, let's get summer. some half let's shirts. Let's make this happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, the, I was in Rory's the. Com- first birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> in the commentary, too, the director was in the, the person who did the, the costume design, they were pretty fashion forward. That's why a lot of this stuff seems There was more- some, like, I mean, I didn't write a ton of it down, but there was some kind of interesting stuff to look at and well like like courts ripped up jeans like that was more of a thing for like the early 90s yeah like they were trying to they were like a little ahead of the curve on some of the stuff or like i liked that she also megan wore um like a pair of high-waisted jeans with a midriff shirt 
Then she had this like red bomber blazer sort yeah. of jacket, and, and the shirt had like the little pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just looked put together. Yeah, something again you could kind of wear today, like with her booties. Like you could kind of pull when off I, when that I saw look the today. Booties, I was like man, things really come back around. Yeah, they do. It's so cyclical. It's hilarious. Like if you tone down the jeans a little bit, um, she would maybe, look like today. Yeah, or like kept them a little higher waisted and like. Like the shirt, maybe cut a little bit. Like you pretty much could wear that outfit today, you know. Yeah. So there's nothing just... that I was like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best death. Um, I had two. Um, the face going through the RV. That's pretty here, <laughs> and um, the dad being folded in half. Those are both really good. I liked um, well, the heart being punched through the body. Oh, that's good too. Um, I like the couple being stabbed on the motorcycle. That's the couple that gets engaged in the woods at night. Because everything about that scene was so weird. Because they're sort of like, when they notice Jason in the woods and they go to run away, they're like, what should we do? <laughs> like, they're just like not urgent about it at all. Well, they're just in the throes of the emotions yeah. of just getting engaged. So and now like there's like a psycho in the woods. He... Just launches his machete through both of their bodies, which was enjoyable to me. I guess that would probably be my best death. Um, I like the girl who gets really butchered in the uh, cabin. I really like the the fake eye where you just think it's like, going to be blood on the window. Yeah, and then you get the, the blood spread going through. The blood oh, spread yeah. on the um, window was pretty good, mm-hmm. but then yeah, there's a follow up, which is nice. <laughs> uh, scariest scene. I didn't care for Jason watching sleeping children in their cabin. That uh, was upsetting. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I didn't like when he was walking into the lake. There's something about dark water that freaks me out. Yes. That's a reason why. I would never go swimming in a lake at night. No, because there's sharks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus some seaweed could touch your leg. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. And in that chill, like, who knows what you're stepping yeah. on? I hate when I step in a lake and it has that soft, mushy feeling at the bottom. Ugh. Would you like survive? If, I, if I'm going in a lake, it's, like, on top of an inner tube. Like... Yeah, I think I would survive. Okay, why? Because I feel like this is a Jason movie where if you just were paying enough attention, you'll probably survive. Yeah, he was kind of going easy this one. Yeah, yeah. See, I would survive because I would try praying Jason away because it worked. <laughs> See, you guys poo-pooed my idea and it follows, but if you join you know, the one true church, Catholicism, <laughs> then you could get rid of monsters. <laughs> So, God. (laughs) Exactly. So, if there is a murderer after our family, the thing that you will do is get on your knees and pray in front of this person. And Elise will grab the machete. Yeah. (laughs) See? Well, I guess this is on me. And I grab Rory in one arm and the machete in the other. Defend our family. Just make Jason angry. (laughs) Pray. And Jason will leave you alone. As this movie compared to Friday the 13th Part 4. It's better. 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 I agree. How many machetes do you give this movie? How many do we get total? Like five? five? Five. I give it two and three quarters. I, re- I give it three and a third. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's nice and short. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm overrating this movie because I just love it. So I'll, I'm going to give it four. Yeah. And it's... Not in a completely empirical scale or whatever, but I just 
I watch this movie a lot. And yeah. I really like it. So I think it's a cut above other sequels in that it's self-aware and it's fun. It's more fun than a lot of the other ones. But um, I think that the meta stuff is is done much better in other horror movies. And see, but what I kind of like about it in this one um, is that it's um, not so like in your face with like yeah. how like because like I like Scream a lot. You know, we've talked about it's that. not as fourth wall breaking. But with, with the movies that came after Scream that were like trying to imitate what Scream did, yeah. It was, like, annoying, and, like, they're always, like, kind of winking at the camera, and I don't like that. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know that it, it functions as, like, a really great movie, but it's a very fun movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And because the characters are more likable, you, you're more invested. Yeah, yeah. Like, as far as, like, shitty horror movie sequels go, it's, like, pretty gold standard, I'd say. But, you know, it's still a shitty horror movie sequel at the end of the day, I think, but... It's definitely enjoyable. I think this movie should have swept the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though, too. I was thinking, like, well, a lot of these movies that won Best Picture and stuff, don't want to see them. Right. I'm going to watch this again. I think about that a lot. Like, I've never seen the movie Network, but I've seen Overboard, like, 50 times, <laughs> you know? Overboard's amazing. Overboard is so good. Although yeah. it's kind of jaw-dropping when you watch it nowadays. You're I know. Like, oh, why did I laugh at that? <laughs> he makes her his slave. <laughs> like, well, sometimes I feel like the Oscars are like, you know, like Paris runways. It's like, yeah, they're nice to look at, but, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, is that something you're going to cherish for right. the rest of your life? No, you're going to cherish the shitty movie that you love to watch over and over again. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Best movie of all time, Friday 13, Part 6, Jason Lives. <laughs> The best movie of all time, yet not one you've rated the highest on this very podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, which is the highest? Would well, uh, probably for Dan, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, maybe. that's my favorite movie. Yeah, if, in reality, but I've given Halloween five stars and Get Out. Yeah, and I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Reanimator as well. Mm-hmm. And I gave this one four stars. Yeah, so not the highest, but I love this movie, dude. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you like Jason movies, check this one out. It's a cut above the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue to to sell this movie to the world. Whatever, man. I'm going to watch this movie again tonight. You go for it. You All wake right. up with the baby. <laughs> All right, everybody. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. You know, that's my catchphrase that you stole from me. Keep it spooky. Oh, I got my own catchphrase now. What is it? It's, uh, I'm a sex maniac. <laughs> It's not a catchphrase at all. Yeah, it is. People are like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I'm a sex maniac. Yo, with your baby.